I want you to turn to Psalm 92.12 when you turn there. Please do not say to yourself, if you marked your Bible, he preached from this just a few weeks ago. I did preach from the text, but I only preached from the first part of this text. And uh, the good thing about the message today, I can stop anytime. I'd rather pray with you as preach to you. This is a special day in the life of our young men and young women. As a lot of the graduation ceremonies, some have already taken place. Others are taking place today, right on down through next weekend. And uh, it is a great time in their life. But I am also thankful that God raises up people. And he raises them up for his glory and for his use. In Psalm 92.12, we read these words. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. You remember when I preached on the palm tree a few weeks ago? He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Today I'm gonna start a series of sermons on the cedar of Lebanon. Prophets like Zephaniah, Zechariah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, they all wrote about the cedars of Lebanon. In history, the cedars of Lebanon was something that kings desired and merchants sought for and soldiers fought for to try to gain. They were part of the temple of God, used in scripture in several places to teach us a lot of valuable lessons. But I want to bring out just a few interesting facts from, or they're interesting to me, from the historical record of the great cedars of Lebanon. And uh, I'll not have time to cover what I wanted to cover this morning, but I'll cover enough to make you happy or mad. How's that sound? First of all, these trees were unique. There's never been a tree like the cedars of Lebanon. We have some that are known as the cedars of Lebanon today, but really they're just a hybrid off of those original trees. If you want to find out more about them, you almost have to go back into history to find out more about what they really were and a lot of the things concerning them. They were never, never cultivated by mankind. They just were there. They sought out where these trees came from in their history and they couldn't seem to find the answer, but I found what history could not find. I found out where the cedars of Lebanon came from. Turn, if you will, to Psalm 104, the 104th Psalm. You're already in the 92nd Psalm. Just go forward a few pages in your Bible. Psalm 104 and verse 16 says, the trees of the Lord are full of sap. The cedars of Lebanon, which he hath planted. They came from God. So my first point is this simple point. They were planted by the Lord. No man can take credit for them. These great enormous trees that were there and they were enormous. Uh, it, it was from God because nobody else could do something that wonderful. You know, I appreciate people that will have a desire to try to do certain things and they'll try to better their life and they'll, 
They'll try to quit sinful habits. They'll do all kinds of things. But the truth of the matter is, if you're ever gonna be a cedar of Lebanon spiritually, God's going to have to do the work. He's the one that does the creation. It's great that you quit habits, but if it's a sinful habit, you quit the habit, but you're still a sinner. You need forgiveness of your sin. So it's great when somebody's able to shake an addiction or break a habit, but the truth of the matter is, you still need a new life that can only come through the Lord Jesus Christ. These trees are enormous trees. They grow to a height of 120 feet. That's pretty staggering. I don't know, we've got, uh, I can't remember exactly the height of this building all the way to the peaks, about 40 feet, I think. Uh, I'm not talking on the inside here. If you go all the way up to the point of the roof, that's 40 feet. Those trees grew to be 120 feet. They have record of them in circumference being 40 feet around. What a tree. Their, their boughs stretched out, the branches, main branches, some of them have measured 110 feet reaching out. Think about that. Wider than this building. Under a tree, can you imagine one tree being three times as high as what this roof is and reaching out wider their branches than what this sanctuary is wide. They're enormous. They were enormous in size, but they were also evergreen. These large trees, even though they spread out, they stayed full of life in every season. They didn't dry up in the summer. They didn't turn dead and brown in the winter. God's desire for us to be a cedar of Lebanon is we need to stop this stuff of everything that comes our way determines how lively we are. You have life in the Lord, abundant life in the Lord, in sickness and in sorrow and in sadness and in struggles. You still have life that can only come from the Lord. They're never green. It's not that we're exempt from certain things, it's that we have life in spite of those things. They were planted by the Lord. They were also preserved by the Lord. They lived for years. How did they live so long? Well, it all lies in the protective bark that the cedars of Lebanon had. The bark on a cedar of Lebanon, it was resistant to rot and it repelled insects. The rot is important because it, uh, you know, if you don't have the ability to keep rottenness out, I mentioned not long ago in one of the sermons here, one of the big trees here in our area, I noticed after these windstorms, looked perfect on the outside, but that tree was blown over. A lot of you saw it here that live in the area. And I thought, how could that tree have blown over? It looked perfect for all of those years. For years I've lived in this community. It looked perfect, but inside it was full of rottenness. You better be careful. 
keep the rottenness on the outside where it belongs. And he gives this protective bark to keep, keep it from rotting. Don't let your experiences with the Lord rot. Fade away and die. Don't just remember a month from now what God's done. Remember your whole life. My dear brother talking to Tim and I up here after we had prayer for his sickness a few moments ago was talking about his experience and he got under conviction in a bar room and went home and got saved. And he said, I'd been taught you couldn't know you were saved. He said, but I'm here to tell you, I know I got saved. And the world is full of things that tries to deteriorate us. But not only does it does it preserve from rottenness, but it also repels the insects. Insects have one desire, that is to bore on the inside and kill the tree. So we have to have something that's greater than the things that would love to get inside of us and destroy us. The trees of the Lord, especially the cedar of Lebanon, their preservation lies not only in the bark, but in the sap that is on the inside. This tree was absolutely full of sap. And that's an important feature. Because it was so full of sap, it grew in the coldest regions and some of the coldest environment that you could imagine for the Middle East area. But yet, when I read this, it, it always touches me and I just can't, I can't explain the way it touches me. It was so full of sap that in the cold of winter, the sap always kept the heart warm. And if the heart is warm, the tree can't be damaged in the wintertime. When our heart gets hard, it gets cold. But if our heart is full of sap, and a sap is a picture of the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost is on the inside, that keeps our heart warm. Hmm. I'm gonna quit in a minute, but I gotta tell you this. I don't know where this idea came from, but I am one preacher that is gonna preach as long as God gives me breath. That you can agree with it or disagree with it, but this thing of Christians hating people and in their heart, not able to speak to people, get along with people, picking people that they're going to love or not love, Hey, I'm not too bright, but I've read the book. And I know what the book says. If we cannot love him whom we have seen, how can we love him whom we've not seen? You call me what you want to, but there's something wrong with your spiritual experience if you can't love people. I didn't say they'll always love you, but you're to love them. And don't you dare come to me and tell me how close you are to God and how much of God you have if all you do is hate people and you see people, I know people in this town when they see me coming, they turn and run the other way. 
but it's also so sweet. Yesterday, Candy and I had just a minute. We'd stopped somewhere at a place that we never stopped to eat before. Didn't expect anyone to be around because of where we had to go. And all of a sudden, I, I see this fella coming across the tiny little diner. And it's a preacher friend of mine. And when he comes up, he wraps his arms around me. I wrap my arms around him. All those people are staring at us. I said, Pastor, I love you. He said, oh, preacher, I love you. Said, I can't tell you how much my wife and I love you. And after they left, Candy said, boy, you all sure have a bond. I said, we sure do. Because we encountered a person that tried their best to separate us. I said, they died a wretched death, but he and I made up our mind. We're not going to let anyone separate us, not only from the love of God, but from the love of each other. And he and his wife paid for our dinner and we didn't know it. Out of love. Boy, this isn't going over very good. You look, look at me right now. You be careful who you cut out of your life. They might be the very one that you need the most somewhere in your journey. The person that you despise right now might be the very one that speaks the word of life to your loved one and they respond to the gospel and they're saved. People's heart is up. I'm in overtime, but I'm, I, got, I got to say it. I don't know why. I've got to say it this morning. I say it a lot from the pulpit. Can you imagine preachers not wanting somebody like Bruce and Jamie Baconhaster in their church? Can you imagine that? We want them, don't we? In fact, Lord, if there's another 10 of them around somewhere close, send them in and if there's 100, we'll take all 100 of them. Why would people do that? I told Jamie, you probably remember me telling you, Jamie, years ago, I said, people will despise you and, I'm gonna, and I told her, and I'm gonna tell you all again, the reason that preachers despise someone like that is because they're not doing their job. It's like the Pharisees, they despise Jesus because he healed people that they were telling them that you can't be healed. And he came along and healed them. He did what they couldn't do and they despised him. And listen, I, I don't know about you, but I want to bless people like that. I'm glad today you blessed a singer that came through from Tennessee to be with us. Didn't know he was coming in, but I'm glad he's here and you blessed him today. And the Lord will bless you for doing that. Do you know when you receive the prophet in the name of the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward, the Bible teaches. That means that when you help someone that is doing the work of the Lord, in turn, the Lord will bless you for it. And every soul they see saved, the Lord credits you for that soul that has been saved and will reward you for that. I better move. You know something though, they're so full of sap. The amazing thing is the cedars of Lebanon, they're so full of sap that the sap makes them fragrant. Extremely fragrant. The fragrance comes from the sap. (laughs) 
The sweet presence of God comes from the power of the Holy Ghost. The other amazing thing about this tree, how God protects them is with their root system. They're not like every other cedar. Most cedars grow in groves, and you've heard me preach, they grow in groves so their roots can intertwine because they have to depend on all the other cedars to stand up in a storm. And God teaches us that lesson from the little cedars in his word. But these cedars of Lebanon, they're different. See, they don't have the advantage of others near them. They can't get near them. Did you hear what I said? They're 120 feet tall, some of them. And their branches go out 110 feet wide. You can't get within 55 feet of them. You can't get within 55 feet of the heart and the trunk of the tree. Because in the 110 feet, the heart is in the center. So God has gifted this tree to have an enormous taproot. And the cedars of Lebanon, the reason they grow on the mountaintops and the reason they grow in that environment is their root goes deep and it'll keep going and going until finally it'll find a little, a little fissure in, in the rock, a crack in the rock. And that little slender root will make its way down and keep growing and growing until finally the root goes down and starts to grow and wraps around a rock. So that means to blow that big tree, 120 feet tall. The winds come, but it stands. How does it stand? It doesn't stand because of its own might and its own strength. It's because it's wrapped around the rock. That's exactly why it endures the storm. And the only way that we can endure the storm, we have to be wrapped around the rock. Oh, even when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. May we get tangled around the rock Jesus Christ, for he was that rock that followed them through the wilderness and he is the solid rock that the church is built upon and we have to be wrapped around the rock of ages. I got a lot more to tell you, but I'm stopping. Want to hear more? Come back here for service. You're here today, maybe you feel a storm coming against you. If you're wrapped around the rock, you'll make it. (laughs) There's some today you didn't realize it, but little things have crept in. Now don't take this wrong. I'm not anti-social media in a sense. I'm anti-social media when you can't go to church without turning it off. (laughs) When you can't sit in a meeting without having to see what's going on. I don't need to know you're eating a cheeseburger. But I want to tell you one thing that's come about through that. Everybody feels like they've got to speak their mind. But really the problem is not what you say. 
And it's not that you're just speaking your mind. It's that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If you find yourself in a constant war and struggle, and every time you turn around, you're in a social media war with people, the best thing you can do is turn that off. There are people that should never sit on boards in a church. It's not because they don't love the Lord and they're not saved. If you can't worship over top of disagreements that come about, there's nothing worth not being able to worship the Lord. I mean, you cannot be on a board and worship the Lord and love the Lord and serve the Lord. I'm not getting many amens, but it's true. Folks, we don't have much time. We really don't. And instead of just looking around saying, who am I going to hate today? Who am I going to give a piece of my mind today? Now you listen. You better not be giving people a piece of your mind. Some of you don't have much to give away. Just about there already. And you better not just fire back the first thing crosses your mind. I promise you, the devil put the wrong thing in your heart, wrong thing in your mind. He attacks us and the only preservation we have is the blood of Christ and the spirit of Christ to help us live a sanctified life that is holy and pleasing to God. And that's why we've got to love one another. Every one of you right now, look all over this building. Turn around, look around. As far as you can see people. I know you can't see everyone. Look up there in the balcony. All you in the balcony, look down at the back of everybody's head. Balcony's packed. Thank you for being here. I'm going to ask you a question. Every one of you, look right here. Was there one person that you just looked at, eye to eye, that you can't love? Now, wait before you answer that. Oh, I love them in the Lord. That makes it sound like God's standing there with a club going to beat you. I love them because I have to love them. It's not what I ask you. Well, how do I know if I love them? Do you avoid them? Do you refuse to speak to them? Do you refuse to sit where they're at? If you do, and I don't know your heart, but there's a lot of people that I believe they've been deceived. I think there's some people that, that they think that they can, they can do those things and God be pleased with them. But you can't. But if somehow you rise above all of it and you get to heaven, I pray the Lord puts them next door to you. I really do. I pray they, I ever, I mean, I can't say every morning because the sun never sets there. I hope at the marriage supper of the Lamb, you're right beside each other. And when Jesus serves the biscuits with his nail-pierced hands, I want to see you take one and then still have those same feelings in your heart. Hey, we were all unlovable. 
Is there somebody that you feel like they hate you? They despise you. Rise above it. Don't let it stop your life. Keep loving them. Reaching out when you can. There's people that I can't reach out to. I can't minister to. I'll minister to anybody that will allow me to minister. There's some people that'll, that'll just not allow you to minister to. You'll, you'll go in their room to pray for them. They'll say, I don't want prayer. What do you do, preacher? I respect them. And I go out in the hallway and pray for them. <laughs> I mean, you, you respect them. We understand that. But this world is becoming a world that is an envy and strife as never before. Don't fall in the trap. 